0: Want a job where you can use your talents, make a difference, and have the freedom of remote work? Then meet Belay. Belay has contractor opportunities
1: for proven professionals, providing administrative support and social media strategy to fast-paced organizations throughout the United States, all from your home. To learn more, just visit belaysolutions.com jobs to apply.
0: That's B-E-L-A-Y solutions.com jobs. Barringer Brothers Spirit Barrel Aged Wines, the official wine partner of the 2020 CMA Country Christmas presented by ABC celebrates the holidays with a Tacky Sweater Sweepstakes. Enter for your chance to win a CMA Tacky Country Christmas Sweater by texting SWEATER to four six seven four six seven. No purchase necessary. Message and data rates may apply. Sweepstakes ends December thirty first, 2020. Must be 21 or older to enter. See BehringerBrothers.com slash Tacky Sweater for official rules. Void where prohibited. Behringer Brothers Wine. Please enjoy responsibly
2: hey guys welcome back to the working gals guide podcast and you know the deal i'm here to interview people in all different careers all different industries and chat about their journey and how they got there i'm really here to help you get inspired and really help you find your dream job as well so welcome to our podcast and thanks for tuning in Hello, 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 and welcome back. Thank you for tuning in again to Working Gals Guide podcast. Um, All right. I hope everyone is having an amazing day and amazing week. I am so excited for everyone to tune in today for today's guest, who is Gabby Denicio. All right. So Gabby has an amazing story. I cannot wait for everyone to hear it because she was so, so vulnerable with me today. She talks about her journey in college and how she decided after four years of college and the major she was pursuing to completely shift gears and pursue a different career altogether. And that she actually decided after she'd done a couple of different internships um, actually in her field of study. So she went through all of that and then decided to completely pivot career paths. So she actually decided to go ahead and pursue education and now she is a ninth grade teacher. She's wrapping up her first year as that ninth grade teacher and she's doing amazing. She absolutely loves the choice that she made but it was a big decision for her to go ahead and swap out her career path that she had been dreaming about um, since a young age. So when we do go ahead and get into it you're going to listen to her entire story and she gets very very real about being a teacher. She talks about the challenges, the lows, but of course, also lets us know the highs, the parts that really get her to get into class every day and keep her motivated and keep her coming back. So I think everyone's gonna really love today's episode. Gabby is so warm and so lovely. I actually just met her for this interview over Zoom for the first time, but honestly it felt like we were friends forever. Like it was just um, you know, like sitting around chatting with a girlfriend over dinner. It was just so, so nice. So I'm super excited for everyone to listen, whether you um, you know, want to pursue education or not. I think the talk that she has will relate to anyone who's going through college or recently graduated and is trying to figure out what they want to do. To wrap it up, we also did speak about Gabby's Side Hustle, which is her podcast. She'll tell you a little bit about that as well, and I hope everyone has a chance to check it out after the interview we have an after listening to this episode because it is super amazing and you know, she's a new podcaster as well, just like myself. So it'll go a long way if you do give her podcast a listen as well. So with that being said, I cannot wait for everyone to tune in and without further ado, welcome to our episode. Hey guys. Hey everyone. We have Gabby here with us today. Hey Gabby, how's it going? Hey, thank you so much for having me. Of course, I'm so excited to chat with you today. I know you have such
1: a cool, cool story. So looking forward to it. Yes, right. I'm, I'm super excited. Like I said, I, I think you and I, since we're both newer to the podcast scene, and you know, it's, it's really great just to connect with you and get to hear different stories. And so I'm, I'm excited to have the opportunity to share a little bit of mine.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. So to start off, you know how it goes. We're going to do our Tell It How It Is segment. And this segment for anyone new to the podcast is where I say a statement or ask a question. And then our guest, who is Gabby today, will give us an answer and tell it how it is with her opinion. All right, Gabby, you ready? Yes. Perfect. All right. The first statement, teaching is a career that lends itself to a good work-life balance.
1: Oh, uh, no, <laughs> no way. And I say that with good intentions behind yes. it. Yes. And no, I feel like that's a harsh, a harsh response to that. Yes. in that we all know that hours are really good. Mm-hmm. No, in the sense of, as a, I, I teach high school kids and okay. when you get to the high school level, they come with a little bit more, which is not a bad thing, but I think about them all the time. And I'm sure right. if I was in middle school or younger, I would have the same same thought process, um, mm-hmm. but it's hard to turn it off because as a teacher, we play so many different hats that yes. if I'm not thinking about lesson plans, I might be thinking yeah. of a student and their certain situation or, you know, something that they may be dealing with at home or something they had come to me with that day. So I don't yeah. know if I ever really turn it off. That's something I've actually struggled with.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I can only imagine the type of things that kids bring to the table and. Especially you being a younger teacher, they're probably bringing you a lot more because they might view you as more approachable,
1: yeah, absolutely, and some days are harder than other for sure, and like some mm-hmm. stories that um i've I've dealt with in some situations that I've dealt with that are so not textbook and things that mm-hmm. I could have never ever learned from education classes or whatever right. it may be, and we can get into that in a little bit, but yeah yeah this this is a hard job, I think because a lot of it like I am not that like not strict teacher, but I'm not like a very, um, hardened, like I'm a very nurturing person to begin with. So I see them as my kids, like I see Mm -hmm. them as my responsibility and I want to love on them and care for them. So it is really difficult at certain days, especially to like go home and be like, all right, teacher hats off.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel like, because you're so young, like you're in your twenties, like early twenties, do you feel like, because you're so young, um, they feel like they can relate to you a bit more because maybe you're a little bit closer in age than some of the other teachers that they have?
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I um, was actually, I was on a panel for one of my old professors and he teaches um, a lot of the education classes for the English majors. And he had me and two other former students on. And um, that was one of the questions that that the students asked is like, is that weird? So, you know, I'm 23, I teach freshmen. So for a reference, that's a seven to nine year age gap, depending on where they're at, right. um, which can be very weird. However, I love it because one, I know it's temporary yeah. and two, I have a level of energy and I'm, a, I'm just very bubbly and outgoing to begin with that. I think they connect with that. They see somebody who loves what they do, who's interested mm-hmm. in what is going on in their world. And yeah. I think they're able to like put it together that like I do get what they're going through. I can relate to it a little bit more than somebody who's a bit older. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them love it, and I've had some kids tell me like I can't listen to you. You're younger than my sister, and that's oh fine, God. you know. Yeah. So it happens, man. But for the most part, it's the kids seem to like it. I, then of course yeah. there are the handful are there, that are that mm-hmm. are like you know nothing, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but they're gonna say that to every teacher, you know the type. <laughs> well, I have one student in particular in my mind, and. The student is kind of a pain in the butt to all teachers, so I'm like, you know what? I won't take it personally.
2: Yes, yeah, that's huge, actually. And honestly, last week at work, I was talking about that with my boss too, because I deal with clients on a day to day basis, like a handful of different clients every single day. And one of the hardest things I find is to separate myself from my work and my clients, because sometimes they'll be upset about something, whether it be a better product or service, but not necessarily upset at me. But sometimes I take it so personally for some reason and. It's a, it's a hard thing to learn, I think, to separate yourself and remove yourself and be like, okay, they're upset about X, but I'm not X. So I can still be myself and still be positive and happy.
1: Absolutely. And unfortunately, whatever they are upset about is projected onto you because you're the one who probably has the ability to fix it or solve it or whatever it may be. Yes. And I, I think it, it, that really speaks to this idea that whether the client, you know, quote unquote client is 14 or mm-hmm. 34, yeah. a lot of us still struggle to take a step back and work through what we're going through and then seek help where a lot of times like you and I are the people who unfortunately they just unload on. Yes. Yeah, exactly.
2: All right. So moving on to our second statement. Um, this is more so about your podcast, by the way. The upset outweigh the downs in the early stages of starting a side hustle.
1: Yes, I would agree with that. I would agree with that because I think in the very beginning, there is that spark. There's that passion, the excitement of starting something new that you really devote so much energy into it. Of course, you're learning as you go. And I think my mantra since you know entering the workforce is, I don't know what I don't know. And I've applied the same thing to the podcast is, Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I don't know about cover art or mics or software or any of that stuff, but Uh I feel like I learn a lot. And I, in the moment, I think because I am so passionate about it and I do love it, I don't see it as a down. I see it as like just a really cool learning experience.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so exciting because I'm in a very similar position to you right now where I just started my side hustle, which is this podcast, of course. So I definitely agree. It's so exciting. And I mean, there's definitely tough times, like you're thinking, for example, on launch, are people going to listen? How do I market this? I don't have experience in recording and editing and all the like, different things that you do have to do. And it can be nerve wracking sometimes, especially you know, when you're putting something out there for the public to view and your friends to view and your family to view. It can be like, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? Are they going to think differently of me because I'm doing this? So I definitely agree. There's some kind of nerve wracking things about it. But at the same time, I definitely agree with what you're saying. The goods definitely outweigh the bads or like the negatives because it's so exciting. And usually you're starting a side It's because you're very passionate about something. And for me, the topic I'm talking about is very, you know, a big passion for me. And honestly, I love to chat. And I think you're the same. You're a very like talkative person, a very chatty person. So it's definitely a good endeavor. And it's a great way to get the creative energy out, in my opinion.
1: Yes, I couldn't agree with you more on that.
2: Yeah. Awesome. So I love your answers, by the way. Thank you for participating in the Tell It How It Is segment. Um, all right. So why don't we go ahead and introduce you? So can you tell us a bit about yourself? I want everyone to know exactly what you do and
1: your story. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, my name is Gabby Denisio. I am 23. I'm a ninth grade English teacher. Some other fun little fact is I actually teach at the high school that I graduated from. So oh, that, I didn't know that. Ends, so yeah, that, that is honestly more fun than what I had expected it to be. Um, and I also teach at the school my brother goes to, which I love to torture him on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, in addition to being a teacher, I have a podcast called 20 something trials. Um, what else? What are some other fun things? I uh, I feel like this is always the hardest question to answer. So you know, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but, I let's see. I recently graduated from the University of North Carolina at Wilmington in May of 2019. So I'm almost a year post grad, which is so mind blowing to me. Like I I feel like that was yesterday, and I also feel like it was a whole mm-hmm. year, yeah. which is absolutely nuts um I'm moving out soon which is exciting I live at home just because I needed to save some money your girl's a teacher and you yeah. all, we all know that teacher salary is not anything impressive so yeah so I'm excited we got some fun changes coming up but that's that's kind of like the bulk I feel like of who I am that's
2: awesome. And that was a great intro, by the way. I definitely agree. It's the hardest question. And honestly, I think it, like, you know, when you're going to a job interview, for example, and they ask you, okay, tell me about yourself. And I'm like, I don't know, like, what do you even care about about
1: me? Like, what do you want me to say? Oh my gosh. I will never forget my freshman year of college. I was applying to be, it was called a Seahawk link, but it was basically like a peer tutor. Okay. Um, and they were like, okay, so tell me about yourself. And I was like, uh, so I'm from Florida. We moved when I was nine and I was like, oh my God, Gabby, do not give them your whole life story. Yes, I right?
2: know. <laughs> I'm like, what do you care about? Like, do you want to hear about my hobbies? Like how back should I go? Should I go to like elementary <laughs> yeah. school or just high school? Like Tell me like what you me, want.
1: Give me give me an age, and I'll, I'll take you from there. <laughs>
2: exactly right. I'm like, how deep, how emotional do you want me to go right
1: now? Yeah, right. I said I end up having like this major breakdown in front of the person. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Who knows. Yeah, exactly right. Um, Well, thanks for the intro, because yeah, that was awesome and that was good. You know, it was exciting. You have a lot of exciting things going on, and
1: um, I don't think you told us, but what did you study um, at university? Oh, sure. So I studied English with a concentration in literature. So at my school, you could have done English with professional writing, um, the education licensure, or the literary concentration. So I did the literary concentration, and then I minored in journalism.
2: Oh, cool. So um, I feel like that's a very different degree than what you're doing currently, because you're teaching. So how would, how did you decide you wanted to be a teacher after studying English? And why didn't you pursue, um, you know, a different pers- a different job perhaps after studying
1: English? So, Yeah. So that's a a good question. I, um, like I said, I minored in journalism from the time I was 14 years old. I had this dream of going off to New York after college and working Mm -hmm. for like a Cosmopolitan or a women's health or, you know, one of those bigger name magazines. That was Mm -hmm. just my goal. I loved writing, um, but I also loved my English classes all throughout high school and obviously throughout college. So when I was in high school, I, I kind of went back and forth with this idea of teaching and I was like, eh, nah, they don't make, they'll make money. I don't want to do that. Um, but then again, it's like, so you wanted to move to New York and be a journalist. Okay, girls. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. anyway, I, uh, went to UNCW. We didn't have a journalism major, which in retrospect thank God, because I, it would be a very different story for me right now. So I chose to major in English. Um, I took one education class my freshman year. It was like intro to ed. And I was like, nope, not here for it. Um So it's funny because all I feel like throughout high school and throughout college, there were these like indicators that I should really be pivoting and going towards mm-hmm. education, whether that was a professor that was put in my place, Um, or specific comments that they would make to me like I had multiple professors who who were not in the education program who encouraged me to look into um, becoming a teacher whether that was at the you know secondary or the collegiate level just because I spoke well or I presented well or I handled myself well and I was Mm -hmm. like "Eh, no thank you but no thanks you know right so Um, what
2: so what made you say no to them like, was it just the idea because you still wanted to be a journalist and still wanted to like, you know, chase the dream of moving to New York or was it something else? And you're just like, I just don't
1: want to be a teacher for some reason. You know, that I think, and I, I often say now my 14 year old self would be mortified if she knew what I was doing. And I think this like weird part of me was really fixated on this past idea that I had for my future, rather than you know, the woman that I had become and what I wanted now. And so I really struggled to like break free of what I had wanted at one time and where those values had started to shift. But a, a really big thing for me was I had, so I had two internships in journalism, both I believe my junior year, one spring, one summer. And um, I liked them, but I didn't love them. And I was able to, I really tried to put myself in the position of, okay, as an intern, I know I do the grunt work. I'll do the fact checking. I'll write the stories I don't want to write. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to see what that top dog looks like. I want to see what the quality of life is like. I want to see how they like their positions. I want to see what types of opportunities these positions afford. And as I look to the top I want to know nothing to do with what they were doing. They seemed very run down. The hours were insane. They did not have a good quality of life. Now, given this does not speak for the general, this speaks for the two internships that I had. Um, But from both of those, I walked away feeling like there was something more, there was something different that I needed to be chasing. So after my second internship, I remember going into work, I remember going into the internship one day I called my boyfriend Chase and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like I was in the parking lot and I was just sobbing. And I was like, I have spent four freaking years studying and, you know, working towards this moment. And I don't want to do this. Like, this is not what I am meant to do. This is not the plan for my life. And, um, Obviously I had to go in, right? Like, so I got myself together. I went in and the first thing I did was I, I sat down in my little cubicle and I wrote down this list of qualities that I had that I wanted to use in a job and everything pointed to education, everything like from I'm empathetic, I'm nurturing, um, I love learning, I love English, I love to write. I love all of these things that came out that I didn't really feel like I was using in my internships, and so what I ended up doing was reaching out to my former high school English teachers and I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm home because um this was actually in the spring because I had I was supposed to graduate a semester early, something got screwed up, but I finished my last semester from home so I'm home um, so I reach out to my um, high school teachers. And I'm like, Hey, can I just come shadow you? Can I just be like an impromptu student teacher? They're like, yeah, sure. Come on in. So I went and I ended up, um, being like a teacher assistant for one of my teachers for the full semester, which I think is about, what is that? Five, six months. Um, so I really had like a student, teaching internship which was great and I felt immediately day one I was where I was supposed to be that's and great. I was like hallelujah <laughs> like, yeah. thank you Jesus we found something that fits so that's the, the long version to it but it was yeah. really seeing that I didn't love where I was at trying to find a solution and then using the connections I had to get myself into a new situation and it, it, it stuck
2: Yeah, that's incredible. And thank you for sharing that because that must have been a very tough time and a confusing time as well. I think it must have been so hard and kind of nerve wracking again to be like, okay, I don't love this journalism internship. I don't love the last one I did either. And taking a different step and pivoting, that's huge. Like it wasn't like, you know, a small decision. It's not like you made this decision in high school before you actually pursued college. So that's definitely a big, big change that you made, but I'm sure you're so, so glad that you did it because it probably paid off and you look so happy as a teacher. So I can imagine that you're just really enjoying the role and, and happy that you made that choice.
1: Yeah. And and it was a difficult one because my pride took a little bit of a shock to it because like I was that incredibly ambitious kid in high school, in college. And you know, I had that thought of like, what what are they gonna think if I I don't yeah. go through the plan that I had told them about what five years ago? who cares? They don't care. I'm not even friends with these people anymore. Like why, you know, I was really letting these people's opinions weigh on me for no reason, for no reason. Um, And the people who I loved and I respected and who, you know, their opinions matter, they were so supportive and they were so loving. And so Mm -hmm. it was, it was a big pride check. Again, a really big learning lesson though, of like who Mm -hmm. to look for and who to seek out for guidance.
2: Yeah. And honestly, what you just said in terms of you were kind of taking like what you'd said and what people had thought about you in high school, for example, and kind of being nervous about that, like that's huge. And like, that was me as well. Like, I feel like I had a lot of pressure on me that I was putting on myself because I thought that people assumed I was going to do one thing. And I was like, if I don't achieve this, they're going to think I'm, you know, garbage. They're going to think that I wasn't that person that they like built up in their head. And in reality, like you said, everyone's focused on themselves. They don't care so much what you're doing, especially if they aren't close friends or close family, it doesn't matter. Like you have to pursue what's good for you. And at the end of the day, if you're pursuing what you're good at and your passion, you're going to excel anyways. And you know, at that point, people want to see that you're happy in your job. And that's what matters the most. But I definitely agree. Like for myself in high school too, I feel like everyone thought like, wow, she's like so smart. Like she's getting good grades. And I was very athletic as well. And I think people thought I was going to be this like big, like college athlete, for example. Mm -hmm. And I ended up going through a big, um, a couple actually knee surgeries.
0: And that actually,
2: yeah. And it impacted a lot of like my life at that time. And it was grade 11, grade 12, right before college and university. So for myself, I didn't end up being like that big college athlete. That wasn't me. I participated on a college running team, a varsity running team, but it was more so me just going out and doing my thing versus me being this extremely amazing athlete that everyone thought I was going to be. And in my head, I was like, Everyone is probably just like laughing at me. They probably just think so poorly of me right now because I wasn't what they thought I would be. And in reality, no one cares. Like, right? Like, no one cares except for like you. Like, you're in your own head about it. And it's like a crazy feeling when you're finally able to like take a step back and be like, okay, like, I just got to do what's good for me and be proud of myself for what I've achieved.
1: Yes, exactly. And I think you nailed it of like, you know, we unfortunately work up these narratives in our head of if I pivot, if I change, if I don't hit these expectations that I've totally made up in my head of, you know, the expectations I have of myself or that, that random guy from third period has of me, like Mm -hmm. I am this big failure. And when, like you said, in reality, they don't pay attention. Hopefully they're more worried because you had a ton of knee surgeries. Right. And like at the end of the day, man, we just, we have to do what we feel is meant for us. And I think if anything, like we do ourselves the greatest disadvantage when we don't follow through with that. Yes. But I, I, I agree with you. It, it is really difficult to feel like you are quote unquote, letting people down.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually going back to when you're writing out that list, um, during your second internship with journalism. So you wrote out this list was education, the only job that came to mind, or was there other things that you were considering as well?
1: Oh gosh. You know, what? I think because I ended up pursuing education, I'm having a hard time like looking back on it. I think I was like maybe, um, public relations, like getting to interact with clients. I had uh, Teresa started in PR. That's how we initially met. And I was like, her job might be cool. Um, I think I thought like, fitness instructor. Like I thought all of these things, uh-huh. um, I was like, maybe I'll just start a blog. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There were a handful of things, but I yeah. think teacher was the most secure because God knows we always need teachers. And it also kind of like ticked off all of those boxes.
2: Yeah. And it's important too. I think, like you said, like you do have to think about, you know, what's a good career in terms of your passion and your skills, but then also as well, like what's going to give you you know, it sucks to say, but money as well. Like you want something Mm -hmm. where you're going to have benefits. You're going to have some stability, especially if you do have goals for yourself, like for you, for example, moving out and things like that, you definitely need something that you're going to be able to enjoy, but at the same time, be able to make a life for yourself where you're comfortable. So that's so huge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I, I, you know, it's funny with all the quarantine stuff going on right now, I like, would always say, I don't really want to work at home. So this was pre-quarantine where I was just like, I don't know if this is something I would want. So I don't know if I could see myself working for myself yet. I don't know if I would want a remote position, you know? So those were some other things I took into consideration. What do I want my day-to-day to look like? You know, one of the things for me, I hated sitting in that cubicle all day. And given I was there 15 hours a week, but oh my gosh, sitting down for those 15 hours felt like, Years and so I wanted to be on my feet as a teacher. I sit down maybe for an hour out of the eight eight hours that were there. So it's funny because it's like everything that I wanted, I I got, and then some, like, and when I say and then, some, I mean like, I will come home some days and my feet hurt so bad, and I'm like, why did I bother wearing wedges? Why did yeah. I spend money on wedges? You know, so it's it's funny to see the way that like this reality that I tried to manifest really did become what I wanted. That's
2: amazing. Like, I love that you found that passion and it's worked out so well because again, you look so happy when you're talking about teaching and talking about the kids. So the passion that you have is really shining
1: through. It's amazing. Oh, I'm so happy you said that because I'll, you know, some days are hard. Like mm-hmm. I have had moments where I have walked out of the classroom crying and I haven't been able to finish the class period, you know, so it's not yeah. It has not always been easy, especially as a first year teacher. Um, but it's like like comments like that are when I have that realization of like, okay, just because some kids suck doesn't mean that like, I'm in the wrong field. It just means that some kids suck.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And it's like any job, even if you love it, you're gonna have.
0: Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes.
2: You know, hard days are going to have extremely good days as well. And I, there's a saying, I think, and I think we all know it where it's like, If you're doing what you love, it doesn't feel like work. And I totally disagree with that because I feel like even if you're doing absolutely the best thing in life for you, it's still going to feel like work at the end of the day at some points. Yes, there are moments when it feels like this is amazing. I'm just having fun. I'm enjoying myself so, so much. Then there's going to be hard times when, you know, reality hits and it's going to feel like you have to like put your foot down and actually work hard and kind of get through those challenges as well.
1: A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of teaching, so I know you're a first year teacher, what are maybe the biggest surprises you had when you actually came into the job that you weren't
1: expecting in terms of like a day-to-day role um, or really anything that you didn't expect? Oh, there's so much. I think one of the biggest things that comes to my head is you hear that expression a lot, right? Teachers wear different hats. Mm -hmm. I am surprised now a few months in of how much these kids are willing to share and also to how much they go through at such a young age and you know i compared to these guys and, and compared to a lot of people i grew up very privileged my parents are still together Were functional for the most part. I never went without food, you know, so a lot of those basic needs were always met. And it's amazing to me for how many of my kids, like those basic needs may not be met or how many of them come from these broken families or the, the help and the assistance that they need that, you know, you feel so underqualified to help with, but at the end of the day, like they're seeking me out for a reason. They value my input. Um, so, that is probably like I, I feel like I play teacher and counselor like 50 50. I right. don't really think there's a day where I don't play both roles. I mean, I have had a kid in the middle of a lesson be like, Miss Anicio, I need to step outside with you, you know? And it's like, all right, you can wait. I don't, you don't give a, sh- a crap about commas to begin with. Come outside with me, you yeah. know? And I think that's the stuff that really matters too at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, definitely the, the level of teacher and counselor that I play, it was one of the biggest surprises for me.
2: Interesting. And yeah, I mean, it's true because I was actually a teaching assistant for a bit um, during university. So mm. I was in a similar position, I would say, where, yes, I've come from a very privileged background where, yes, my parents are still together. We've had basically anything we've ever wanted in life. Like we've been given it and we're so lucky. But then you get into a position where you notice that other people actually live very different lives. They grew up so differently than you. And it's really something that gives you a lot of patience and empathy, I would say, as well. Being able to show compassion, learn about their lives, and just it opens up a perspective in a different way, I would say.
1: hmm Yeah, Yeah. totally. Like, I feel like I I look at my family with so much more appreciation and gratitude now. Um, Mm -hmm. I look at mine and my boyfriend's relationship so much differently of, and I know that sounds kind of weird, but just to see like the dysfunction of some of the relationships that they've grown up with or some of the dysfunction that, you know, they have in their relationships. It just makes me really grateful for the man that he is. And yeah, it's hard. And that's that to go back to one of your initial questions, that's where it gets hard not to, not to turn it off at night is when, you know, a kid is in foster care. When you know that a kid just had a panic attack in your arms, Mm -hmm. it's moments like that where you're like, Oh, my, my baby, like, are you okay? You know? Yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely. I mean, yeah, even just you describing it, I didn't realize the extent to which like you can be connected to students. And it's beautiful almost to hear that they have someone like you who's there for them and cares so much. and I'm sure they appreciate you so, so much. So um, you know, I'm sure even if they don't say thank you, they're saying thank you in their heads. Um, so in terms of the most rewarding part of your job, though, so what would you say is the best part? What's the most fun part, the most enjoyable part that really gets you up and going to, to class every day?
1: It's the kids. It's it's yeah. my students. It, it 100% is. Um, so I am what is known as a floater. Um. Okay. So I do not have a classroom. I, or I did not have a classroom. I had a cart. So I pushed this cart into three yeah. different rooms. It's weird speaking in past tense now because like the likelihood of us going back to school is so slim. But yeah, so I would, I bedazzled this cart. I had like these posters all over it. I had all this stuff on it, but I would push it into all different rooms. And that was probably one of the more challenging things. But in like, because of that, I got yeah. to see my kids a lot more like kids that I maybe had last semester or, you know, kids who were transitioning from classes that I wouldn't have seen during the day. So yeah. it's, it's the, what's up, Misty? Hey, Miss Misty, nice, how's your day going? It's like little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then of course, when a student comes to me and like, expresses that trust or some things that they may be going through that they're seeking advice for. And honestly, it's the hugs too, when you just get like a what's up and a hug or a high five. Um, And it's funny because one of the things that I've learned and I heard a lot of much more seasoned educators say this, it's on the days that you really feel like giving up, you're going to have something happen. That is that, okay, I should be here. You know, Mm -hmm. like for instance, I had a really rough day, first semester. I had many rough days first semester, but um, I remember one, like I said, I walked out of the class. I was crying. I couldn't go to my fourth period and my kids all wrote me notes in my fourth period. And I had a mom email me and was just like, she needs you. Like, please, I'm so sorry that you went through this. We just want to check on you, but please know you're making an impact. And I was like, all right, I won't quit. (laughs)
2: That's so sweet. That's absolutely the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, there, there are some good, there are some bad, but the good is good. The bad
2: sucks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like any job really, but it seems like, yeah, it's amazing that you're able to experience all that so quickly in your first year, I would say of teaching. And it seems like, again, you know, they care about you so deeply the same way that you care about them, which is, it's amazing. It's amazing that you've been able to leave such an impression. It's great. (laughs) Thank you. And
1: that it's hard because, you know, I, as a young teacher, you're told not to do a lot of things. You're told, you know, not to show your age in a sense, you're told like to not smile till Thanksgiving. You know, a lot of teachers will say that, but that wasn't me. And Mm -hmm. so I went in myself and, and a lot of ways that hurt me because they felt that I was really young or they didn't necessarily respect me at first. And I made a ton of changes from first semester to second semester because I got a brand new group of kids, but you know, that that it's still, I, I made them feel, and I I always joked with my kids. I was like, we might not be consistent with X, Y, Z, but you will never leave this room knowing like that you will never leave without knowing that I love you and I care for you and I'm here for you. And to me that that's what matters in the grand scheme of things. They're not going to remember Romeo and Juliet, but they'll remember their teacher who talked into a golden microphone and told them that they were the bomb, you know?
2: Oh my gosh. I love that. That's so cute. (laughs) Um, In terms of teachers though, do you feel like a lot of teachers and maybe not yourself, but a lot of teachers overall, this will just be kind of a general stereotype, but they have teacher them and then they have like social them or not teacher them? Like they have two different personalities almost.
1: Yes. Some, some do yes. And some do not. I'm thinking just of like my general department or like the teachers that I'm surrounded with. Some absolutely. And a lot of it is those who are a little bit more strict, who are a bit more firm. And then there are some who, tell it like it is with you and with them the same way. So I think it's just your style. I don't think one way is right or wrong. I totally just think it's, it's preference and style.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And yeah, I feel like I've kind of felt that too. Like sometimes in high school, for example, you have a teacher that you've had for maybe all four years. In grade nine, for example, they are very strict. They're very like by the book, no emotions. And by grade 12, because you've known them for so long, you kind of get that other side of them. The more personable side, the more funny side, like they're more outgoing. They want to chat about your life and things like that. So I've seen it both ways. I think where you know, some people are very much themselves all the way through, but then also there's those teachers where I feel like they're putting up a different front, but it's the way that they know how to teach and that's their style and it works for them, which is great.
1: Yeah. And, and truly, I think for me, I've learned it's a balance. Like, so for example, first semester and second semester, I started off the the school year very differently. So like first semester, I was probably a little too more, I was probably a little too laid back for the type of kids that I had. And I learned from it. Like I said, I don't know what I don't know. And if you are, you know, for any of your listeners who want to be teachers or are teaching like You guys know, I mean, we learn something new every single day and like, you can't beat yourself up if you screw up because like, we are doing the best we can. And there are so many situations that we face on a day-to-day basis that like, you just have to go with your gut instinct. But so- Like first semester, I was probably a little bit too too laid back. Second semester, I came in a little bit more firm. I still let them know like they're accepted in here. You're cared for in here. I'm always here if you need me, but here's what I expect from you. Here are my rules. Here are my expectations. If you don't meet them, there's a consequence. If you do, we'll get along fine. Um, And kids like consistency as much as some of them like complain about it. Consistency is key, especially with, I think, the younger grades.
2: Yeah, that's huge. And I think the fact that you're able to be so self-aware and understand what challenges you face and where you can maybe make yourself better as a teacher is huge because not everyone's that way. Not everyone is like, okay, like I'm willing to change and make these adjustments for the betterment of everyone else around me. That's big. So, you know, congratulations, like you're so young and you're already able to, you know, pivot and make yourself better and be so self-aware. It's incredible. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Um, so I know in terms of like your day-to-day, you not just, you know, or a teacher, you also have a side hustle so you have your own podcast, which is amazing. I will be linking it by the way in the show notes for everyone to listen to because it's so, it's so relatable. It's amazing. But do you wanna tell us a bit about the podcast, the background, and
1: why you started it? Absolutely. Yeah. So like I said earlier in the episode, um, I have a podcast that's called 20 Something Trials. It is kind of like what it sounds like. It's about being in your 20s and just navigating this decade of life, whether that is relationships, post-grad, graduating, finding your career, pivoting in your career, um, everything that we really experience as we... you know, manage our twenties. So it's, it's been a lot of fun because one of the things that I've seen, especially like on Instagram is that there are so many people who have similar podcasts, which I think is so cool because it means that there's this, this group of us who think that we need to talk about this decade of life more because unfortunately, I think we get the glamorized version, whether that's mm-hmm. from college or media or whatever it may be that I don't know if we're fully equipped to go out into the working world once we graduate. Yeah. Um, so that was another thing too, was I wanted to be able to connect with like you and I are the same age. I wanted to be able to connect to connect with girls who were my age and in the same um, phase of life that I was in, but then also hear from women who are older, women who were in, you know, high school or about to go into college. So there's a lot of different um, facets of the podcast, but obviously the main part of it is just navigating this really weird time in our lives.
2: Yeah. And I think the reason that I connect with your podcast so much is because I do feel the exact same way. And I feel like you're portraying that really well when you are releasing episodes. It's so relatable and you're giving the real thing. You're not giving that glamorized version. You're talking about the struggles. You're talking about the challenges and you're very, very honest. And even in today's um, chat, like we have had an amazing discussion and you've been so vulnerable and so open about your experience teaching again with those highs, but also those lows as well. With that being said, I I do think it's so important because I definitely agree as well that, you know, we grow up almost looking up to people that are in these careers and we assume that they've, you know, had their life together from day one. Once they graduate, they knew exactly where they were going to go. And that's not always the case we're finding now. And you only really find that out, I think, once you are in college, for example, you realize that, hey, you know, there's other people around me that don't necessarily know exactly the first job they want to take. And even once you graduate, sometimes it's still a struggle then deciding what you want to do, what step to take, what industry to be in, all of that, even where to live. Sometimes it's, it's a lot of different decisions to make at a very pivotal point in your life. So I definitely agree. And I think that the reason I do resonate so much with your podcast is because my podcast as well is very, Is very similar in terms of the mission and the purpose behind it. We're both here to really give that realistic view of what working is like and what being in your 20s is like as well. Even though the topics we discuss may be slightly different, I I do think that we really are rooted in the same mission, and that's to be real and give the realistic, you know, opinions on what's going on in the world. So I I definitely agree with what you're saying, and I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's important for people to hear how key it is to be relatable and open as well.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I completely agree with you. And especially, I feel like, you know, you and I just met today, I feel like I'm sitting on the couch with a girlfriend right now, which I love. But, you know, I think, unfortunately, you know, if I have my timeline right, social media really blew up when we were in high school. Yes. Um, and so we went through college and now post-grad with Instagram and with all of these different things that people use and. I can really present a, oh gosh, just like a, a very toxic outlook on what our life is supposed to be like right now. And I wanted, especially in the podcast and even just in my life in general, of I never wanted to present this front of like, I've got it figured out and everything is perfect because nothing is perfect. We are not supposed to have anything figured out right now. We are just doing our best to build a life for ourselves that I felt that it was just, it, it, I really struggled with the the comparison on social media. Even as a teacher, you know, there were teachers that I would see who were doing all this cool stuff in their classroom. And I was like, well, dang, I don't even have a classroom. Like, how am I supposed to do all this stuff when, you know, there I don't even have a room, you know? Yeah. So it, it would be little things like that where it's so easy to get discouraged. But I think, The biggest thing that I've just tried to do is like block that out, focus on what's happening in my world, stay in my lane and just try to be like, try to focus on what I want and my goals and my life and just kind of let everything else be background noise.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And you're right. It's like, it's hard though, to make, you know, that step forward and be like, okay, everything else is background noise. And it's difficult sometimes to put yourself in a position where you're like, I'm good enough in what I'm doing and I'm living my true life because you know, as much as we know in our heads, like people's social media isn't them in real life. Um, and like, of course, it's it's like your highlight reel. It's your glamorized version of what you do. At the same time, it's hard to it's hard to step back and be like, it's okay that they're showing that because, you know, they probably think the same thing about me when they look at my Instagram, for example. Um, but yeah, I think we pivoted a bit. I do want to get back to your podcast because again, it's so cool. Um... So in terms of taking that first step to actually create your podcast, um, so I know you started it with a co-host and now you're doing it solo. How was that transition from going from, you know, a co-hosted type of podcast to now, you know, rebranding and, um, you know, obviously doing it solo. It's a different experience for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, you know what, I think because my, and I don't want to say my background, because I feel like I'm too young to be like, in my back? Background is this, <laughs> yeah. but for so long, you know, I was interviewing people. I was doing, yeah, I was writing um, stories. I was, I was storytelling. I was meeting people and I was sharing their lives. And that was the thing that I loved. I loved getting to sit down with people and learn from them and hear their wisdom and then put it out for the world to see. So when my co-host and I decided, you know, that it just it wasn't going to work out anymore. And, you know, just on the record, like nothing bad happened. It was just life happened. And it was just, Something a decision we came to, and um, so it was great while it lasted. I loved being able to co-host with her. I think we had a lot of fun, and we had a really cool banter back and forth. But I'm excited because I'm trying to look at this opportunity as like, okay, rather than complaining about it, or rather than you know feeling like this happened to me, how can I make this as something that's happening for me? And so you know, I am looking at this from I get to now tap back into that journalism part of me that I really did love, even though I didn't pursue it, I get to interview people who I think have these awesome backgrounds and who I think are going to really add value to our listeners. So in terms of the, the style, it's going more from like her and Teresa and I like sitting down and talking to, um, me interviewing, um, different women in different fields. So similar to what you're doing right now. And, um, I'm, I'm really excited because one, I think we could all use some socialization right now, but two, I think one of the things that I really struggle with when I listen to podcasts is okay, well, what value am I getting from this? And so my goal is to really add value. And I, I think you are doing a great job at adding value to people's Mm -hmm. lives Mm -hmm. with the platform that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm excited in terms of rebranding, you know, we got a new cover Art. I switched some things up on Instagram and yeah, we're rolling. It looks amazing.
2: And um, so I know people listening right now, they may have not listened to your podcast quite yet, but they will be, I'm sure, tuning in immediately after they listen to this. Um, But everyone, Gabby is such a natural in front of the podcast mic, I would say. Like, so relatable. Um, This is the first time we're meeting over Zoom. Um, But I felt like I knew you from just listening. Like, you're so, so, you have this way of talking that you're just able to connect. And it's amazing. So I think you're going to do great solo and great with anyone that you're, you know, interviewing on your podcast as well. So I'm excited to see what's coming forward.
1: Oh, thank you. That means so much to me because, yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah. It is. But like I said, it's an opportunity and we've got to run with it.
2: Yes, absolutely. And it's great that you're kind of hitting it head on and just taking it as a positive as well. It's, it's going to go well, I'm sure. I, I have absolute confidence in you based on what I've seen already with the podcast. Oh, thank you. Um, so in terms of when you guys actually started it though, um, was it something you were nervous about or was it mostly excitement? Because I know for myself, there was a bit of nerves. Like, what are people going to think? Are they even going to listen? Kind of like those, you know, weird thoughts that you have in your head sometimes.
1: Totally. And what I will say, part of me wonders too, maybe we started out co-hosting because I had this. Like sense of comfort from her, where I was like, "We're in this together." You know, it's not like it's just me; it's not just her. We're doing this thing together, and so it made like sitting down in front of the mic easier. It, it made a lot of those initial steps. It alleviated some of that stress because I had her to lean on. Um, so, and I still remember the first time we sat in the studio, we <laughs> like put the headset on, and we were like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" So, yeah, it's, it's, um, so cool. yeah, I mean, it was it. Was was so much fun, like getting to do it together. And it was totally nerve wracking. I mean, you're putting yourself out there into the world, which is so, so scary. So all those initial thoughts you had, I had too, of like, Mm -hmm. why, you know, why would somebody listen? Is somebody going to listen? What are they going to think? What, what are we going to do if we get like a negative review? Am I going to cry? Like, you know, all of those things that you think about or how do I run an Instagram account? How do I brand like all of these questions that kind of come up that really seem overwhelming, but you, you just, you figure it out and I'm sure you can totally relate to that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's you know everything you're saying is so true. And I think when you first have an idea to start a podcast, you're like, I want to do a podcast because I want to you know talk about you know X, Y, Z topics. But then you realize as you actually start working that there's a lot more that goes into it. Like you figure out that you have to find a platform, you have to distribute, you have to get cover art, you have to write up copy when you do interview someone and put that out with the episode as well. You have to promote, which is huge. That's like another job in itself. So. There's a lot that goes into it for sure. And it's exciting. It's so fun. Because I feel like for myself, at least in you as well, this wasn't our day-to-day job already. So for us, it's a learning curve. And it's amazing to be able to pick up all these new skills in this side hustle that, you know, is turning out to be incredibly, very, very fun, I would say. So I think you, like me, like we're having a really good time with this. And I couldn't recommend enough for anyone who is maybe thinking of starting a side hustle, whether it's, you know, podcast, YouTube, a business, even just go ahead and do it. Take the first step because it's so rewarding. And I'm sure you have some advice, Gabby, around this as well. For anyone who is maybe thinking of doing something in terms of a project or a side hustle, but maybe is hesitant to take that first step, what would you tell them?
1: I would say truly, and I hate that it's so cliche and I'm kind of mad at myself for thinking of this first, but like, just go for it, and I know I feel like anybody would say that. So I'm, I need to like, I need to tone that up a little bit. So for me, the first thing I did when I got the idea, I sat down with it, and you know I didn't want to go into it blindly. So what I would really recommend is like, first of all, one, get it out of your head that you're gonna fail. Feel- because you're going to do amazing to Mm -hmm. sit down, whether it be with pen and pencil, get on a Google doc and write out your blueprint, essentially write out what you want to talk about. When do you want to have your episodes? What do you envision your cover art looking like? You don't have to know any of that stuff immediately, but you want to start building out the skeleton for it. So once you build out the skeleton and you can look at it and really start to envision this happening, start to take the steps to do it. So maybe your first task is coming up with a name. Great. Once you come up with your name you look into your cover art and then you just move on through there Mm -hmm. so my advice would be to absolutely do it but be smart about it be strategic about it and plan it out because you don't want to get in front of the mic and be like uh this was a bad idea (laughs)
2: yeah that's for sure i mean it would be the worst feeling to get in front of the mic definitely and just be like oh my gosh like what am i supposed to say right now so yeah i definitely agree and the planning process too even though it will take some time is extremely fun i would say um like you said even just figuring out what art you want for your cover even the name of your podcast as well that stuff is so much fun to do so i would definitely hop into it and um you know just go ahead and try it out and you know, go through that planning process. It's so fun. All right. So Gabby, I know that we are nearing up on the end of our time. So I do want to make sure that everyone is able to follow you and find you on social media and of course, find your podcast as well. So why don't you go ahead and tell us where we can find you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am just over on Instagram at 20 something trials it's all obviously one word, um, trials with an S. So yeah, that's where I mainly hang out right now. I, um, actually deleted my personal Instagram a while ago because I had too many kids follow it and me not know about it. So yeah, that's another fun fact as a teacher, you don't want that to happen. So I am strictly just on the podcast one, but yeah. And if you have any questions at all about teaching guys, please feel free to reach out to me. It's such a a weird, complex, rewarding, amazing field that I am always open to answer any questions that you may have. And thank you so much for this opportunity. I feel the same way. I feel like we just like connected so much over here. So yes, I would love to come back on.
2: Amazing. Well, everyone, if you didn't catch what Gabby said in terms of the, the year, sorry, not the URL, (laughs) the Instagram handle, um, I will put it in the show notes as well. And that way you can find her, of course. And again, like she said, if anyone has questions about teaching, please reach out to her. She's so approachable. She's amazing. So um, she can definitely be that mentor for you. Um, All right, then thanks Gabby so much for coming on and talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it and are able to give Gabby a follow and also of course, listen to her podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go ahead and give us a rating and a review. five stars goes a long way and of course follow us on Instagram at working gal's Guide. All right guys until next time bye
0: Zip lining across a vast valley roasting smores beside the lake. Whitewater rafting. Relaxing beside an ocean-viewed pool. Well, trying to, at least. There are lots of great things to dream about doing in South Carolina, so when you're ready to visit, South Carolina is ready to make those dreams a reality. From a classic road trip to a relaxing weekend getaway, South Carolina is open for discovery. Start planning today at DiscoverSouthCarolina.com. Ziplining across a vast valley, roasting s'mores beside the lake, whitewater rafting, relaxing beside an ocean view pool, well, trying to at least. There are lots of great things to dream about doing in South Carolina, so when you're ready to visit, South Carolina is ready to make those dreams a reality. From a classic road trip to a relaxing weekend getaway, South Carolina is open for discovery. Start planning today at DiscoverSouthCarolina.com.